Welcome to the Text and Rock Show. Ancient story. Better tomorrow. Let's begin. Hey, Text and Rockers. Good morning. Swift-footed Mark Killies here by myself this morning. I'm going to try to do three short little firecracker episodes that intro Egypt and Egyptian literature and how it crosses over to really every ancient sacred text um, just for fun. I just got in from a run, so if you hear me breathing heavy, that's what's going on. I have a, I have a Krav Maga pressure test uh, next week, and the last one, man, I was like gassed two minutes into this like multiple attacker scenario. And I never want to do that again. I don't, I don't like to throw up when I work out. And so, uh, I've been running as much as I can. Anyways, I'm getting settled in. Um, just for fun. Let me tell you when, when Eric and I record, it's in the kitchen, like we say, but it's still pretty high tech. I've got two mics going on balanced out the way they need to be run through garage band EQ'd the way we like it. And then we run it through a post edit. When I do a solo episode, this is what I do. This is just funny. I think you might like this. Um, I sit on my butt in my closet between my shirts with my phone. That's it. I have like no notes. I have like three kind of ideas in my head. And I literally jam in between my dress shirts, which I suppose now means they're going to be kind of sweaty. But but, you know, it is what it is. And so let's talk a little bit about how Egypt is upside down and why that matters in the first episode. And then in the second short uh, banger episode, we'll talk about how Egyptian myth works, like where, where do we get the material from and why that matters. And then in episode three... I want to change it up and tell you about a quote from one of my favorite punk rock bands after I got shot with a beer hose with my best friend, Matt, and transition it over to how, as adults, somehow we read our sacred texts like children. And that's actually why we run into the tension we run into as adults. And then we have all these words like deconstruction and reconstruction, which have less meaning the more and more they get said. But anyways... Um, so those are the three episodes. We'll do why Egypt's upside down, where Egyptian myth comes from, like as a collection, and then, um, yeah, uh, a quote on how to think about how to think. Sound good? Okay, so let's hop into Egypt. Egypt is described by Herodotus as the gift of the Nile. And what he means by that is you take away the Nile there's no Egypt. There's no civilization. There's a verse in the Hebrew Bible that basically says, if God would just send rain, the desert would bloom. Like flat out sand and arid cracks in the ground desert would start to grow all sorts of things if water was just added. Well, that's happened in Egypt because the Nile flows through Egypt. If you look at Egypt, even today, from a satellite imagery, you have this lush green strip following the Nile and then everything around it is desert. And if you're on the ground, 
man, it's desert and wilderness as far as the eye can see, but then you get near the Nile and that's where you grow all your crops. That's where you build all your houses. That's where the whole culture functions by going up and down the Nile. And the Nile Delta, as it dumps into the Mediterranean Sea, is a blessing and a curse in antiquity. It's one of the most fertile places to grow crops. And at the same time, it flooded really bad every year for a long, long, long time. People didn't know what to do about it. Um, I've wondered many times if Egypt, like the Delta, isn't behind the flood narratives that are throughout the entire ancient Near East, simply because the flooding was so terrible there every year. And honestly, people came out of Africa, if you go far enough back. Um, can't solve that. But anyways, Egypt is the gift of the Nile. But the Nile brings with it kind of this tension between provision and chaos. That's another thing that makes Egypt upside down. Their whole worldview, the way they view the cosmos, relating to the gods, what the king is supposed to do, what the people are supposed to do, operates in two polarities called ma'at, which is order, and isfet, which is chaos. Ma'at is the order, the function, the way things are supposed to operate. It's very much like in Genesis 1, the way the God character orders creation, carves it into six days. The first three, he makes these forms or buckets to put things in. And then the second batch of three, he makes creatures that have a role to play in those uh, spaces. Um, which, by the way, if you want to learn a ton about that, go to textandrock.com, pick up our free, that's right, free audiobook. I'll trade you for an email straight up, and you can learn all about how Genesis 1 actually ticks as an ancient Near Eastern text. But anyways, ma'at is order, function, um, things operating smoothly, and it was the job of the pharaoh in the mind's eye of the king and all of his subjects, that he would protect order. That's why it's such a big deal in the Prince of Egypt when the plagues start happening and Ram, I think they have it, Pharaoh's not named in the Bible, but um, they name him Ramses in the movie. And Ramses, he's starting to fall apart because he can't control Ma'at and everyone's starting to notice that we've slid from control, order, proper function to isfet, chaos, disorder, and it's connected to waters, the seas. There's a reason in Genesis 1 also that creation actually starts not out of nothing, but out of chaotic waters. And so ma'at, order, and chaos, isfet, are in constant tension, and it's the job of the king to feed the gods so that the gods keep the order, so that Egyptian culture keeps ticking well. Egypt is also a little bit upside down, just geographically. The river runs south to north. It's the only river that runs south to north. Only big river that I know of that runs south to north. And what it's done is it's flipped it. So when you hear about Egypt, or if I talk about Egypt on the show, lower Egypt is actually farther north because geographically we've come lower and the river's dumping into the Mediterranean. 
Upper Egypt is to the south. It's underneath Lower Egypt on a map. Maybe that's enough to make your head spin for now, but let's just do a couple more concepts. One is their cosmology is made out of the gods. The gods' bodies form the heavens and the stars and the earth and, and all of the things you see around you early on, and that's why you have to keep them fed to preserve order. Um, here's another one. Time cycles. That is, linear time doesn't even exist for them. This idea that you're going to chart on a map that this event happened back here, and then a little while later, we went to war with this people, and then a little while later, you know, my grandfather served in this way, and then a little while later, um, our queen married so-and-so. They see it as giant loops that happen over and over again that we're all cut off all caught up in. And so time cycles or loops or spins around and the same things happen over and over again, given enough time. Okay, last way, I think Egypt is kind of upside down and we'll stop here and dive into this in the next mini episode, okay? Egypt is upside down because you don't, you don't get a book of their mythology. Um, with the Greeks, with the Israelites, with the Mesopotamians, you get tons of texts, scribes producing texts on a scroll or on a cuneiform tablet or on parchment. You don't get that in Egypt for a long time. And instead you get, well, you get it where you can find it. You get it carved upon the walls of a pyramid that you can only read with a torch, which is pretty badass. Or you get it written across a mummy coffin or a sarcophagus, like a bone box, or you get it from an incantation being written across the doors. Which gods are being invoked and why? What does their function seem to be? What is the human function in the myth or magic? Let's stop there for now, but we'll bring that back up many times as I'm talking with Eric through the actual stories we're going to go through. Texan rockers, I hope you have a great day. As Eric would say, be good to one another. Bye, everyone. This episode was influenced by Herodotus' historical writings on Egyptian culture, the influence and mentorship of Dr. Nilly Fox, and I guess flannel graph? The Text and Rock Show is the creative work of Mark Schaefer and Eric Madison. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes drop. If the show adds value to your life, please consider leaving them a review or sharing Text and Rock with a friend. You can explore other Text and Rock digital productions or contact Mark and Eric by simply clicking the link in the show notes. mind constructed time to make sense of awareness.
but awareness only ever functions in the present. You are in the present when you recall the past. You are in the present when you dream about the future. And so when we talk about ancient time cycles, you're only ever on the current loop. But you can signal forward and signal back.